Kingsbridge Health Style, the new health and well-being podcast from Kingsbridge Healthcare Group, which comprises Kingsbridge Private Hospitals in Belfast and Sligo, Kingsbridge Eye and Hearing Centre and Kingsbridge Training Academy. My name is Avril Keyes and I'll be hosting this series of podcasts, putting real patient questions to the medical team at the hospital. From diagnostics through to treatment, we'll give you the lowdown on what to watch out for and when you should make an appointment. This week's topic is a personal one for me, and in fact, it kind of inspired this series of podcasts. For the past 12 years, I've suffered with episodical back pain due to bulging discs. It happens every three to four years and takes upwards of nine months to settle. March 2020 saw the issue arise again. And by August, I was on 27 tablets a day and pretty desperate. So following an MRI at Kingsbridge, I had my first consult with Mr. Nicolay Pev at Kingsbridge Lisburn Road. So I'm pretty active on Instagram as I've been blogging for over a decade and what I became aware of is how many other people were in the same boat. I found myself deluged with messages from fellow back pain and sciatica sufferers and a common theme was that many didn't know where to turn, especially with lockdown. Okay, so fast forward a few months, I'm thankfully well again and pain-free, but still getting all the questions about back pain. So I suggested to Kingsbridge that I create some useful content around the issue, perhaps via podcast. And this is it. And the great news is that there will be more because back pain is not the only thing that we're all hungry to know more about. So looking forward to covering issues like menopause and urinary health and also to having a couple of recordings with the Kingsbridge GP. So today is all about backs and I am delighted to have my own consultant, Mr. Nikolai Pev, MD, PhD, neurosurgery and a fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons. Mr. Pev is a consultant neurosurgeon and spinal surgeon and he's got a wide remit, including spinal trauma, brain injury, and neuro-oncology. But today we're focusing on back pain and the kind of medical procedures that can transform people's chronic pain. So welcome, Nikolai. Thank you. Pleasure being with you. Um, I've had lots of questions sent to me, so I've tried to distill them here. There, uh, one thing I noticed was there's lots of different terminology in terms of describing um, uh, the bulging discs. So I've heard people talk about bulging, prolapse, herniation, slip disc, um, and their terms seem to be used interchangeable. Are they the same thing effectively? Well, these are basically representing different stages of the development of a disc herniation. It can start with a small bulge and then it continues with protrusion, then goes bigger and becomes extrusion, and then it can migrate up and down. So these okay. are all stages of uh, development of one and the same disease. Okay, I understand. So, and is disc degeneration then a different thing? Is it always connected? Yeah, it usually starts with uh, disc degeneration. Initially, I, I usually uh, show that to my patients. I show them uh, this model, for example, and I show them the uh, MRI scan, and then they can better understand what are we talking about. So I show them that, for example, some of the discs are nice and juicy looking, but mm -hmm. then you see some of the discs are getting black, and you can read in the internet a lot about black disc disease. This is normally the, uh, the initial stage of degeneration. Yeah. And then this can progress. Or cannot, or, or, or may stay in the same stage. But uh, if it progresses, that will normally give you collapse of the disc, uh, disc bulge, disc protrusion. Then uh, the worst case scenario that disc can go out and can start create problems. Yes. And and what are the underlying causes of all of this? Right. Okay. So it's a very complex question, and mm -hmm. we can talk about that until tomorrow, maybe even further. Okay. <laughs> well, do me the but, brief answer. <laughs> so, uh, to cut it short, uh, of course, there is genetic predisposition because some people are uh, struggling with that, some people are not. They are just healthy aging. Um, but 
we if we if you do a scan and we see different things that not necessarily means that the patient is struggling so there mm -hmm. is such thing like healthy aging so you see some different uh, um, uh, wear and tear changes but the patient is all right yeah. but on the other hand uh, there is patients which are which are struggling with that and uh, although we say that only about maybe um, three four percent of these patients will be operated still yeah. the statistics say that this is the second most common problem after the flu uh, so people are getting to see their gps for flu uh, symptoms and then the second one is uh, issues with back and and pain so uh, the generation is very very widely spread and very common and the reasons are genetic it could be unhealthy lifestyle it could be um, uh, not proper ergonomic position at work it yeah. could be physical overload so for example it is good that you have to go and do your training you have to be active but if you if you're doing it so much that can also harm you yeah okay. so complex complex reasons yes. and I think I remember you saying to me that you could MRI a number of people at the same age as, as I am and and see a similar presentation but it doesn't always result in in pain yeah, that's correct. So that's what I said. Uh, there is a, there is such thing like healthy aging, and maybe yeah. about ninety five six percent of people which are having MRI changes, they don't have problems. Yeah, and uh, and they are just aging healthy. And it could also be potentially the makeup of your body. So you know, in terms of so, I guess I was coming on to talk about that the bulging disc is not necessarily the problem, and certainly wasn't necessarily for me. It was the fact that it was impinging a nerve. So you know, were my nerves closer to my disc than other people? Correct. Yeah. So um, exactly. So there is people which have big discs and bulges, and that's not a problem for them. So again, as you said, this is how your 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 body is built. So with some people, I see on MRI scan very narrow spinal canal, and then even a small bulge mm -hmm. uh, may cause severe problems and and symptoms and on the other hand i see people which are constitutionally having a large canal and mm -hmm. even a big bulge that is there is is completely pain-free mm -hmm. so it's genetics it's amazing it really is um and i suppose the the maintenance and management of the condition i suppose initially so many of us will have you know we achy backs or maybe a little bit of of a sciatic pain um so should you keep moving exercising um at when should you rest and take maybe start taking painkillers or even consider coming to someone like you right so the short answer is in general yes you have to keep yourself fit even if you have symptoms um, there is conditions which um, you can harm yourself further in case you uh, you, you keep exercising and uh, the first thing that we have to uh, mention is a coda equina uh, pretty much everybody that has back pain or back symptoms has heard about this mm -hmm. coda equina problem and symptoms. This is when you really have uh, bilateral uh, problems with both of your legs, numbness, pain. If you if you struggle with your bowel and bladder function, then this is something serious that you have to uh, stop. You have to go immediately see a specialist and uh, discuss or have MRI scan or different mm -hmm. imaging. But this is uh, one of the few conditions where you can actually harm yourself if you continue. Um, but with everything else, uh, most often we see patients with different stages of degeneration which are mild 
or moderate, sometimes mm -hmm. even severe. But uh, I still recommend to these people, yeah, be active, try to um, to do some yoga, try to do some stretching, try to do Pilates. Uh, if you cannot run or, or walk, as many people with back problems can't, mm -hmm. uh, because this is giving them further pain, go on a bike. Bike is something uh, yeah. really good for, for, for your core muscles and that keeps you fit. Uh, so be active. So keep moving, yes. Keep and you certainly moving. said that to me when I come in. And I guess it's keeping active within a relative, or, or, or I suppose a manageable pain level, not pushing yourself to a point where you're you're much worse pain-wise. That's always uh, that's always good to consider. Yeah. So uh, you should not be pushing yourself so much. So um, if you're really a tough guy, uh, you may think that today you can push yourself and do a lot. But then for sure you will pay you will mm -hmm. pay tomorrow so uh, you have to push yourself a little bit but don't overdo it yeah and so i think in my case i probably did because between march and coming to see you in august it was um a case of wanting to keep moving and knowing the importance of that but but actually pushing too hard at the time but you know <laughs> you live and learn i think the right approach is listen to your body yeah. uh, try to to do every day try to do a little bit more than you did yesterday uh, but uh, but on the other hand, don't be pushing too hard. Yeah, and I suppose I've I've heard you talk about a kind of different stages of treating your back issues. So, um, so I, I guess if you take the the very initial stages where you've got this pain, it's presented, you're feeling quite uncomfortable and and a bit restricted in what you can do day to day. So, what is that first step? It's obviously not to come to you first. What would the first step be that people should take when they feel a pain yeah. coming on? So, so the, of course, if the pain is not so severe and if the symptoms are uh, mild or moderate, the patients can try to see their GP. They try, usually that happens, uh, they go and try to, to get some medication. There is different medications which are over the counter. You can buy them in, in, in Sainsbury or in Tesco or in the major supermarkets and um, you don't need even prescription for that. So you can try that. You can try to keep yourself active. As I said, you can try to do some stretching. You can try to uh, rethink, just stop and think and analyze your life and see what is giving you mm. your pain. See if that's um, that running that you do every day and after th that running you feel very bad. So obviously if that's the case, then you have to stop running and you have to replace it with something else. Or if you do your five mile walk and if there, after that five mile walk, you next day you struggle, obviously you have to reduce that. Uh, try change your physical activities, but don't stop. Uh, try to try to help yourself first. Try to live a little bit healthier, um, and then if that's not if that's not helping, then obviously you have to go and see somebody and yeah. take advice. Yeah, and would you recommend physio at that point as well? Physio is always a good start because um, uh, there is significant portion of these back problems that will settle within six to twelve weeks, mm -hmm. and that's why um, we recommend. Uh, don't don't jump into major conclusions initially. Try to manage your pain. Uh, try to go through these um, maybe six weeks at least before you really consider major options. That's what even if I see patients in that period, I normally if the problem is not so 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 big and so severe, yeah. I advise them go to your physio. Try to get just tweak some medications. Of course. Um, there is severe uh, problems and uh, very symptomatic patients which you really can't send them away even if it's 
in these six weeks. So you still may consider seeing specialists in case your problems are so bad and you can't yeah. cope. That's that's also so. It's a good a good thing to let the body try and 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 heal itself. Say within that sort of six six weeks. If and maybe that's out possible, to 12, yes. Yeah. If that's yeah. possible, yes. Yeah. That's that's good. And then I guess the next step. So for me, the next step was to come to you. Um, but I did have an MRI before I came to you. So is that the, the better way to do it? To have your MRI first before making an appointment? Certainly, if you if you if you come to me with a back problem uh, or with any spinal problem. Uh, uh, without any imaging, uh, I will investigate you. I will examine uh, everything that I can in the uh, in the in the treatment room, and um, I'll see if there is any red flags that really will make me to to rush you in the MRI scanner and and organize for you uh, things um, uh, as soon as possible. But if that's not the case, which is uh, happening quite often. I will I will send you for an MRI scan or mm-hmm. uh, any other appropriate investigations, and then you will have to come and see me um, uh, after that. So, in case you can get your MRI scan beforehand, that's not yes. good. That's not bad. That's good. And then the so the next stage, I suppose. Again, we talked about these three stages. So, if you've done the foot sort of physio painkiller route, and you're not getting anywhere, and we're potentially more than twelve weeks in, then uh, the next stage, am I right in saying, would be an injection. Yeah, so the injection is um, is alternative, uh, and uh, that comes before uh, before surgery for many of my patients. Uh, so the injection is a good uh, modality that will give you. I tell my patients that this is your window of opportunity. So yeah. you come, uh, I will inject, and then you will probably have some uh, some relief of your symptoms, and then you have to use that uh, as a window of opportunity. You have to try to mobilize yourself a bit more. You have to go and see your physio again. You have to tweak your medications, and there is a good chance that you will get away without without any major options like surgery. Yeah. So it's not a it's not, not going to fix the the situation. It just there gives is you the there is patients which will benefit from uh, from injections so well that they will just uh, say come and say. I'm well, I don't need you, and then that's it. We leave it there, mm-hmm. and it could be um, for for years. So it could never happen again, so that's also yeah. an option. Uh, unfortunately, we cannot predict how many of these patients will have um, good good outcome from the from the injection. Obviously, if I see a major problem on MRI scan, I might just skip that injection. I say, okay. yeah, really, there is no point for you to waste your time. You have to go and have surgery. But with the majority of the problems, injection could be a viable option. Yeah. And are there different types of injections? Because when I had mine, people were asking me, what, is it a spinal block? Is it a nerve root injection? And I actually didn't really know. I just trusted you to, <laughs> to do the right one. So in general, the injections are steroid injections. So we, okay. uh, we apply a solution that is uh, steroid uh, mixed with some local anesthetic. And like that, we chase immediate effect from the local anesthetic and the steroid to stabilize that effect and to give long-term effect. Okay. Uh, and we install that, we, we inject that steroid uh, and anesthetic mixture in different places. Depends on what is your pathology. So yes, uh, it could be facet joint injection, which will be applied uh, at the back of the spine where the joints are, are moving mm-hmm. and that gives you uh, back pain. Or we can we can inject close to this yellow 
roots that you see there on the yeah. scan that on the on the model that is the nerves that go to your legs or to your arms and uh, everywhere else in your body so we can inject a specific nerve that is trapped by a disc or something that will uh, reduce your arm pain or your leg pain yeah so there is different types so of it's tailored for each customer based on based mm -hmm. on your symptoms based on your mri scan based on what yeah. you say and I, it was an interesting procedure to go through because I think when I thought of injection, I was thinking like a vaccination, but it's quite a quite a procedure. I mean, it's done with with full X-ray in the operating theater, and yeah, it was more than I expected. Yeah, well, uh, um, we have to we have to do it precisely. So the idea of that injection is that we are possible to deliver a very high dose of the steroid locally, exactly where it's mm -hmm. needed, and like that you avoid having uh, complications and the side effects of the steroid because the, the corticosteroids, they are, they are dangerous drugs. They can give you side effects if they are on a high concentration in your body. But with the injection, we apply locally high dose, but okay. uh, we, don't, we don't deliver high dose to your body. So that's the, that's the effect of it. And that's why we have to do it in, uh, in, in special settings. You need a yeah. theater, you need an x-ray, I need to see exactly where is the tip of my needle. So I do it properly. Yes, and I had lovely support around me as well. I was so grateful for the nurses there who oh, yeah, we have held a, my hand. We have a great team now and we are very experienced and yeah. uh, we do injections on a regular basis and uh, it's, uh, it's working very yeah. well. And could people have potentially more than one injection then over a long period of time to keep their pain at bay for longer? Right, so um, the answer of that is yes and no. Okay. So... Um, the, at the minute, the recommendations for the injections are that you really don't uh, go and do it on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, if you, however, for some reason cannot have surgery, let's say you have symptoms that are persistent, you come and have your injection, you get relief for a period of time, and uh, for some reason your symptoms come back after, let's say, three, four, five, six months, and uh, uh, the options are go and do another injection or go and do surgery. So um, most often we will, I will recommend if, the, if there is the alternative of doing multiple injections or do surgery, in case it's a young man, active man, then mm -hmm. I will probably recommend surgery because um, that, is, that is now the strategy that is, uh, is followed nationwide. Yeah. And this is how the NICE guidelines is recommending. Okay. Uh, however, if for some reason you cannot have um, inject, uh, surgery, uh, say health issues or advanced age, you still can have multiple injections and uh, you, can, uh, you, can, you can have good result and you can control your uh, pain and you can have good quality of life. Or for example, you have that injection and then after a few years you have the mm -hmm. same problem then that's a new episode. You can yeah. have another injection. True. That's not yes. a problem. Yeah. And so that, I suppose that brings us nicely on to the surgery. And, um, you know, you had identified me as a good candidate for the minimally invasive spinal surgery. And that was the first time I'd ever heard that kind of surgery discussed because um, it, it traditionally was more of a, it, a cut through the muscle in the back with a significant recovery period. And you explained the surgery to me really well using this model. Um, so I suppose I just, uh, can you tell us this, if, is it quite a new procedure? 
and and how does it differ and how is it better for patients than maybe the older uh, style of operation which involved cutting through the back yeah so um, so probably most of, uh, of, of people which are with us uh, now they probably have read or, or heard about a keyhole procedure so actually many mm-hmm. patients are asking me are you doing keyhole procedures so that's that's Shortly said, minimally invasive spinal surgery procedure, you can say keyhole. Um, So most of the surgical specialties now are progressing towards this minimal invasive surgery. And the reason is uh, now the technology and the knowledge is allowing us to do um, the same operation that we used to do with the classic large openings uh, to do it via literally keyhole. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, of course, this is better because uh, as a... If you, if you think about surgery as a, as a general principle, what do you do with surgery? You split the body, you go deeply there, you find the target, you do the surgery, and then you have to restore these tissues. But whatever you, a restoration you do, even if we uh, restore following the rules, uh, that's never gonna be the same. Your muscles, for example, in the spine is detached from your spine and that's it. They will never be the same. They're gonna be replaced with scar tissue. Yeah. And that scar tissue is just inactive. And then this is good. This is gonna promote more degeneration in the future. So that's what we are doing with the keyhole surgery. We are trying to, to minimize the impact of the surgery. Yeah. And this is the beauty of it. And that results normally in a faster recovery for these people, uh, less complications. For example, when I do minimal invasive, uh, I don't remember when was my last uh, infection. So I don't okay. have my infection rate significantly dropped after I started doing minimal invasive. That's interesting. And obviously, you know, because I think when you hear the word back surgery, you just think it's going to be really massive and, and impactful in your life. And when, when you described it to me, it just seemed like such a very straightforward op for you to do. And you clearly do quite a number of these. I quite often hear in my consulting room, oh, I'm afraid of, uh, uh, of spinal surgery because I don't want to get paralyzed. I honestly don't know where is that coming from. Uh, maybe this was the case uh, 30, 40 years ago, but now... Mm-hmm. Um, Luckily, uh, thankfully, I haven't even heard of anybody around yeah. me in my hands or in my colleagues' hands being paralyzed uh, after relatively simple surgery. Of course, there is very rare, very, very heavy-duty surgeries which can carry significant risks, but uh, most of the, maybe 95% of the, of the surgeries that we do are for uh, minor to moderate degenerative uh, problems and um, and this is not happening yeah and it does i suppose one of the things that i had held off with surgery was i thought if i have it now do i then limit my options in the future and should i try and recover by myself now with and keep the operation as like you know that that option to have then when i am older but does that apply anymore very good question so uh Again, the answer of that question is yes and no. <laughs> so if, if you are healthy, young, and if you have some minor or moderate problem, and if you're thinking about surgery, um, of course the advice is try to push that surgery as far away mm-hmm. as possible, uh, if possible. And then the, the answer no comes. <laughs> so uh, if you're young and healthy and active person, and you're severely disabled because of your condition, 
you want your you want your life back so yeah. you have to consider surgery so if you are persisting with the conserv conservative uh, treatment uh, physiotherapy medication injections and all that for uh, three six months and and if you're not winning then obviously if you would like to have uh, your life back you have to consider something else yeah. and uh, then there is another thing that you have to consider that if you keep that pain there for a long period of time that pain may chronify and even if you start thinking of surgery let's say one or two years down the line the options may be limited comparing to what it had been when it started okay and I take it though that you only have so much in the disc that you can slice off. So what are the options if say the problem reoccurs and um, you can't obviously keep trimming that disc. So what would the next step be from a surgical point of view? Oh, there is a there is a big variety of options now that we have for uh, for for degenerating discs. So we start with um, with a very uh, small, very, very limited, very, very minimalistic options mm -hmm. like uh, we start with injections, obviously. We can inject and we can try to uh, to settle the the pain and settle the symptoms. Then if things are not working, then we do a very limited, precise keyhole decompressions that can mm -hmm. uh, free some space for the nerve. If that recurs, then obviously we have to go further. We have to decompress more. And as you said, yeah, there is a limited amount of uh, disc that can come out and... Um, uh, after that, there is a point where we have to replace the disc completely. Yeah. And there is options we can now replace the disc with artificial discs, for example. Yeah. Uh, we started doing that in cervical, in the, in the neck region, in Kingsbridge. And um, uh, we are having uh, good results. So there is, there is, all, there is a big variety of, of, of options, and that depends on what is your condition yeah. and what is your MRI scan looking and what are your symptoms and so that's yeah. been tailored approach. And I'd heard about these uh, artificial discs and it certainly gave me good hope for the future in case I have to go down that route. Yes, so there is uh, the technology, luckily the technology mm -hmm. is uh, is developing uh, pretty fast actually and uh, uh, there is there is constantly new options which are coming and uh, they are better and better and yeah there is options. Is it can it be done with a lumbar spine? It can be done in lumbar yeah. spine, but uh, it, there was a big enthusiasm about lumbar spine mm -hmm. uh, maybe ten years ago. But uh, unlike the cervical spine where you don't really need to open so much, you know, you yeah, go through yeah. the front of your neck, but it's very easy to do that. Yeah. Uh, comparing to lumbar spine where you can go through your tummy and you have okay. to move all this and oh, yes. it's associated with a lot of um, a lot of morbidity and a lot of uh, yeah. complications so there is a big 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 um, uh, thing in in Europe and in Germany and some people tried here maybe five six years ago yeah. and then we got disappointed and now we don't do it much yeah. but for the cervical uh, for the neck it's a different business uh, it's a very That's successful there and there is now new devices which look like the art the, the normal disc and I have done probably now about uh, um, what, maybe about 20 okay. so I remember um, I was invited as uh, faculty in um, Spine Masters in, in Turkey in 2013 and they asked me to talk about artificial disc and I have delivered a topic why I don't do artificial disc. Okay. see me now, you know, I've started doing it now, because yeah. the technology is, is developing. Yeah. Now this is the artificial disc is in the NICE guidelines as well. It's been even decommissioned as something that is not very complex and very, very, um, very difficult to do. So 
uh, even you know now the general uh, pool of, of surgeons is accepting that as something normal and something that we have to consider yeah. for somebody who is about who is below 65 for example so I suppose one thing just to to, to bring it back to because I know you'd mentioned it to me when we met was that uh, the surgery is is a lot to do with nerve impingement and freeing up like you say the spinal canal it doesn't guarantee that you'll be free of back pain and is is there a is it the case that people quite often would still have back pain despite having had these surgeries? Hmm. That's a very good question. <clears throat> so we are living now in the era of um, um, information that is streaming from everywhere. Now we have uh, social media. We are doing one of these now. So mm -hmm. people are having a lot of information about this. Uh, and that's on one hand. On the other hand, the demand that people are having uh, is more and more so I see now um, older patients which come and see me and they say I see 60 70 and they come and see me and they ask can you do keyhole surgery for me because I still want to do uh, marathons and there is nothing there is nothing wrong with that but uh, what I mean is comparing like 20 years ago people had a bit more modest expectations but now uh, yes. This is not the case. And again, there is nothing wrong with that because now we have um, more, way more options and we can offer that and we can keep people going. That's on one hand. So I'm happy to consider, uh, I, don't, I don't like if somebody tells me, oh, am I too old for surgery? And I say, no, that's uh, the, the, uh, the age is just a number. It depends how you look, how you, if you're healthy, if you're mm -hmm. fit. Why not, on one hand? But on the other hand, yes, uh, you still have to have proper expectations. I normally say uh, to my patients, I'm, I'm, I'm warning them that I'm just a simple doctor and I cannot, let's say if somebody is 60 and I have to operate him, I warn him, I cannot send you back to your 20s. You know, that's not yeah. possible. Uh, so um, sometimes I say uh, the, the goal of the surgery is to make you better, but not to make you perfect. Yeah. So yes, if we have multi-level wear and tear, if we have a lot of degeneration, we normally try to pinpoint one uh, disc or couple of discs which are generating the majority of the problems and we address that, but we cannot replace the whole spine. So after the surgery, uh, there still might be symptoms, Yes. but if they are minor or manageable, then we should be happy with that. Yeah, and I suppose that's a, a good way to finish today, I guess, in terms of, of all of us do probably need to manage our expectations. We're all trying to do things that we did happily 10 years ago. And I suppose, would you have some general pieces of advice in terms of just managing a healthy spine and back and and trying to maybe postpone some of the issues that uh, you, know, you might have maybe into, into the future? Well, I always say to my patients, uh, be fit, be active, be healthy. And uh, that is the general formula for postponing your problems. Uh, I so um, putting on weight is one of the things that will will be detrimental for your uh, for your spine. Uh, so uh, I always tell them that that region, the lumbar region, where the majority of uh, of the problems happen, this is your center of your gravity. So every step that you do is loading that region with 2.5 your body weight. So if you're, let's say, easy calculation, if you're 100 kilos, every step that you do is loading that region 250 kilos. And put it the other way around. If you lose one kilo, you're offloading there two and a half. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So be healthy, be fit, don't put on weight. Yes. And any particular exercise to avoid or if to you do have, more of? If you have lumbar spine problems, where is the majority of the problems? Um, I normally don't recommend running. Uh, walking with moderation, cycling, do as much as you, as you can. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much, Dr. Nicolai. It's been really great talking to you today. Pleasure.